welcome to Reading by Flashlight. Today we are going to be going over the next couple chapters in the Ichabog, which was written by J.K. Rowling, who is also the author of the Harry Potter series. And we are going to be going over the next couple chapters. Make sure to check out the previous episodes if you have not already, so that you can kind of know what's going on and get an idea of who the characters are and the plot and what's happening and all that. So without further ado, let's begin with chapter 14. So the king and his men return to their home and they report what had happened. They report about Major Beamish's death and how they s supposedly saw the Ichabog and all this stuff. And the people were like, really? You know, that's like really hard to believe because, you know, you yourself didn't even believe in the Ichabog. And now you're like, I believe in him. He killed this dude. And they're like, so if we um, like, do an evaluation kind of on Major Beamish's body. Are we gonna see, like, marks and tears in his skin from the Ichabog that would prove that it had indeed been the Ichabog that killed him? And so, if you recall, it took the king and his men a couple of days to actually get to the marshlands. So, in this chapter, it's kind of talking about the couple of days that they had to return back. And now every night they would stay somewhere, they would request a cellar or a basement that they could put Major Beamish's body in. And every night the king would be like, okay, we want to hold this to utmost secrecy. No one can know about this until it's like time for us to reveal it. And he keeps hearing the rumors. He keeps hearing about people whispering and talking about the Ichabog and that it had actually killed somebody. And he's like, where are these rumors coming from? I told you guys to to uphold the utmost secrecy or whatever and so flapoon and spittleworth they're like yeah we did keep it a secret it's just the Ichabog has been getting worse and worse and worse and you know it it's just going everywhere it's finally coming out and attacking people and stealing things but really they just can't keep a secret so chapter 15 as it is titled is the king's return and so his men and his crew are coming back they're riding through the cities everybody's out seeing you know did they come back okay are they hurt you know to see maybe if they could really get some answers about the Ichabog and Mrs. Beamish and Bert are kind of very worried at this point they're like oh is is my dad okay is he okay and Miss Beamish reassures him by saying well we would have heard uh the, a news the news or anything if something bad had happened and so they're kind of just waiting for the um, group to kind of go past their house so they can greet their father. And so Daisy Dovetail actually sees the group before Bert and her his mom does. So she kind of can tell that something's off and she realizes that it's Major Beamish. He's not in the group and they're also carrying pretty much this body bag around. So she runs to Bert and she's trying to get through to Bert and his mother, but the crowd is just so thick and everyone's gasping and stuff. So Bert and Miss Beamish immediately know that something is wrong because everyone just starts gasping and shaking and stuff. So Mrs. Beamish, she's looking through the crowd. She's looking at every single person in the returning group with the king to try to see his face. And when she sees like there, oh, there's no one left to look at, she completely, her skin drains and she sees the body of Major Beamish strapped to the, his horse and still holding onto Bert's hand, she faints. 
So chapter 16 is called Bert Says Goodbye, and it starts off with Spittleworth and Roach kind of notice that there's just this big commotion outside of the Beamish's home, and he immediately sees Miss Beamish on the floor. You know, they're, everyone's trying to fan her to wake her up, make sure she's okay. And then he remembers something, like it clicks with him. He's like, the widow, we, we never sent word or anything that Mr. Beamish had died. He's like, why didn't you do that? And he's like, it never like occurred to me to do that. And this was Roach. And Spittleworth is like, Ugh, must I seriously think of everything? You know, this we have to do something to make up for this because we didn't tell her that her husband has died. Like she just saw his limp body riding on the back of a horse. And um, so Miss Beamish and Bert were kind of brought into see Spittleworth and Major Roach because they wanted to come and see what had happened. Why is her husband dead? And so they're like offering their condolences, which you can obviously tell are very fake. They don't really care that much that Major Beamish had died. And Miss Beamish is like, why, why did nobody tell us? Why did anybody send word? Like we had to find out by seeing his body. And then um, Spittleworth starts to say, we did send word. We, we sent a messenger, didn't we? And then Roach is like, that's right. Yeah, we sent a lad to to come and take you the message. He's like, uh, his name is Little Nobby Buttons. And this whole totally fake name. He's like, yeah, he volunteered for us and off he just went. You know, like what became of him? And so Miss Beamish asks, how, how did my husband die? And he proceeds to tell her the big story of how he had been valiant and the Ichabog had killed him and whatever. So she says, can, can I see the body? Can I see his body? And so they're like, of course. So he leads Miss Beamish and Bert down there. And then he said, I say, uh, I regret that we can't remove the flag covering from him because his injuries are just far too bad for you to see. It's just the fangs and the claw marks, you know, it would just, would just traumatize you. And so Miss Beamish, she obviously gets nervous hearing that. And Miss Beamish, who was still crying, said, um, can't I at least kiss him one last time? And Spittleworth said, that's actually pretty impossible because his face is half gone. So Bert's like, you can kiss his hand, mother. I'm sure his hand's going to be fine. So before Spittleworth can stop Bert, Bert reaches beneath the flag for his father's arm, which is actually quite unmarked. Like, it looks pretty normal. Like, it wasn't marked or scarred or anything. And she knelt down and kissed the hand, and then she was crying and stuff, and Bert helped her to her feet, and they left without another word. So in chapter 17, called Goodfellow Makes a Stand, all the guards and stuff were immediately asking, how did this happen? You know, where's your proof that um, Beamish's body is torn up and stuff if you won't let anyone actually look at it? You know, where did that bullet go when we heard it go off? Like, how come only four people saw this monster, have ever seen this monster, if it's so big? And Captain Goodfellow was the one who was saying, why was Beamish's body wrapped up before any of us could look at it? Like, why was it so inaccessible for us to see it if you really want us to believe that his body really is mangled and just destroyed and stuff? And then all, all these more questions come up. They were saying, I think it's still funny that a huge monster was out there and none of us saw it and we were with you. And someone was like, if Beamish was half-eaten, why wasn't there more blood than we saw? Like, there was, we saw barely any blood. 
And someone else was like, and who is Navi Buttons? And then Spittleworth is like, how do you know about Navi Buttons? So Goodfellow says, I bumped into you, into one of the maids, Hetty, and according to her, you've just been telling Beamish's poor wife about a member of the Royal Guard whose name is Navi Buttons. And according to you, this Navi Buttons was sent with a message to tell Beamish's wife that Beamish had been killed and he never showed up. And he's like, but I don't remember Nobby Buttons. I've never met anyone in my life called Nobby Buttons. So, you know, how can that be? How can a man ride with us and camp with us and take orders from you right in front of us without any of us actually laying eyes on him? And then Spittleworth, who's trying to protect the story and stuff, is like, good fellow. What gives you the right to speak for everybody here? You know, some of these men probably saw um, Nobby Buttons better than you do. However, he did. And he's like, I feel like he probably sacrificed himself and the monster had eaten him. And we have to make sure that, you know, he's um, he's rewarded for his problems or what he sacrificed. And people are whispering and stuff. And then Goodfellow steps up and he's like, there never was a knobby button. And I'm pretty sure that there isn't even an Ichabod. And I'm not going to be a part of a party that lies. And then another two men who had been asking a lot of the questions as well, who were skeptical, stood up with him. And the rest of the Royal Guard kind of stayed seated and silent. And Spittleworth is like, very well, you three are being put under arrest for the filthy crime of treason. And I'm sure, as your comrades remember, you ran away from us when the Ichabod appeared. You forgot your duty to protect the king and thought only of saving your own cowardly hides. The penalty is going to be death for the, from the firing squad. So now he's telling him, you better accept this story because this is what I'm going to tell everyone and no one else is going to believe it. Like he's pretty much saying, this is what I'm going to say happened to you. This is going to ruin your life forever and you cannot do anything about it. So he chooses some of the soldiers to go and take the three soldiers, including Goodfellow, to the prisons and Spittleworth is like, very good, very good. Now when, you know, since you guys know what you actually saw and stuff you're gonna i'm gonna remember your names when it comes time to give out promotions and he's like don't forget to tell your families exactly what i told you happened at the marshlands and you know it might be bad for them because they've probably heard other questions and they better not question the existence of the ichabod or of knobby buttons and then he tells him you can go home chapter 18 is titled the end of an advisor so um, Spittleworth is woken up in the middle of the night by the chief advisor, whose name is Herringbone, and he's like, what happened? Tell me the story. So Spittleworth tells him the story, and so this is what Herringbone says. He says, firstly, the men in the dungeons will be given a proper trial so that we can hear their versions of events. Secondly, the list of the king's soldiers must be searched to find the family of this knobby buttons and inform them of his death. And thirdly, Major Beamish's body must be closely examined by the king's physician so that we can learn more about the monster that killed him. And so Spittleworth, he immediately sees his plan fall apart in three easy steps. And he just feels like, I should have come up with a better plan, a better answer to this because he so easily fought through it and so he says i think herringbone and he's saying this as he's taking a sword off the wall that you are ripe for retirement and he immediately sticks the tip of the blade into the chief's advisor's belly and the soldier gasps and didn't even utter a word he simply just knelt over dead and spittleworth names himself the new chief advisor 
He says, the Ichabod is real and I stand with the king. I will be devising a plan to protect the kingdom. All who are loyal to the king will find their lives run very much as before. Any who stand against the king will suffer the penalty of cowards and traitors. Imprisonment or death. And he says, now Major Roach, I'm putting you in charge of burying the body of our dear chief advisor and make sure that he will not be found. The rest of you are free to return to your families and inform them the dangers that are threatening our beloved cornucopia. Those are the chapters that we are going over in this episode. Thank you for listening and make sure to come back next week as we will go over next six to seven chapters. Bye!